Do not be called teacher. Do not be called master. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. What are the qualities of a great leader? It's hard to articulate, but we know one when we see one, don't we? An essential ingredient that we learn from Jesus, the world learned primarily first and best from Jesus, one of the great qualities of a great leader is that of humility. He uses the literary device that we call hyperbole in this gospel passage, that striking exaggeration to drive home a point. And the point that he's driving home today is the need for humility for our leaders. He isn't trying to strike the words teacher, master, or father from the vocabulary. He's not looking to eliminate the title of teachers from our schools, and we can still have master chefs and master gardeners, master classes, and Master Locks, and that guy married to my mother can still be addressed as my father. You want a little proof of that? The term father is used ten times in the epistles of the New Testament, twice more in the Gospels, once by Mary and once by Jesus himself when speaking of someone other than God the Father. He's using hyperbole. Why? Because this is so important that we have humility, that it has to be jarring, it has to be driven home because it's so contrary to what's in the fallen human nature. We all know that we, we want it, or at least we need it, but we don't often like it when we get it. Can I give you an example from the archives? It was 20 years ago this fall, in my first parish, it's the first day of school, and it's time for the principal to introduce all the new members of the school, the students, a couple new teachers, and yes, me, the new priest. The wise old pastor was standing there in the back of the assembly, proud as can be. She, after introducing the children and the teachers, it's my turn. I'd now like to introduce to you Father Stitt. He isn't a real priest. He's a priest in training. He's kind of a, a half-priest. Thank you for laughing, Dave. Um, I was a priest. I had gone through eight years of seminary, studying philosophy and theology. I received ordination by the laying on of hands and the invocation of the Holy Spirit by our bishop. I was preaching, I was celebrating Mass, I was hearing confessions, I was anointing the sick, I was a priest. And as I approached the front of the assembly, my opportunity to say a few words to the children, I seriously deliberated whether the first things I would say to those children was, kids, I'm sorry to tell you, but your principal's an idiot. I bit my tongue, I'm proud to say. I said a few pleasant things about myself, but afterwards, my pride got the better of me, and I went to the principal's office. I said, doctor, doctor she was a doctor, she was a very educated woman, doctor so-and-so, 
let you Google it if you want to figure out who she was. Doctor, I, I want to clarify that I really am a priest. I think what you might have been implying was that I'm not the pastor. Oh, I forgot the pastor. As she says this, I look over my shoulder to wise old Father John at the back of the assembly, thinking perhaps he's going to intervene and give some words of wisdom. What does he do? Thanks, Father John. So there I am, left in the principal's office. And I said, I think what you mean is I'm not the pastor. I'm, I'm the parochial vicar. Maybe the assistant pastor, if you will. And I wish I could say that she was apologetic. And she said, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll get those down. Her response instead was this. Yeah, I can never remember words like that. I felt so small at that point. I can never remember words like that. What I heard was, you're not important enough for me to care about what you care about. I knew going into this that people in secular society wouldn't always appreciate the priesthood. But it was at that moment that I realized that even people in the inner circle, people that were well-educated, people that were in the church, people that were even in high-ranking positions, wouldn't really always appreciate what I was all about. And at that moment, I have to tell you, I felt like half a priest. And I'm fat. Dollars to donuts that you've been there as well. Right? Betrayed in some way, or just someone not sharing what you love. Maybe it's in your relationships. Ever feel like half a friend? Or feel like living out your marriage vows? Maybe a half a spouse. Have trouble at work? Half a professor, half a farmer, half a whatever your job is, maybe at home as half a parent or half a child even, just not living up to it, being undermined by those that we expect the support from, not feeling well. <laughs> Sometimes it's our bodies that betray us, feeling like less of a person just because we don't have the physical capacity to do what we want. Sometimes the word gets around that the Christian life is all about experiencing the joys of life. In fact, the psalm, the psalm that Sarah sang for us today, what was the response? In you, Lord, I have found my peace. Yeah, that's what we want. We all long for that deep and abiding peace. But sometimes we, we want to settle for something more superficial. We just want it to be nice. We just want it to be pleasant. We want life to come up, sunshine and rainbows and lollipops and butterflies. If anyone tries selling the Christian message like it's butterflies and lollipops, they're not offering Christianity. They're trying to sell something. What do we do when we're feeling that, when we're feeling less than our God-given dignity? Well, first thing I would point to is realizing that we're not alone. 
All you have to do is hear about the great saints. Open your Bible. Look at our second reading today. St. Paul there. He was writing to the people of Thessalonica. And he, how did he describe his work for them? It was a toil and a drudgery. Not wanting to be a burden to any of you, we worked night and day trying to spread the gospel, but also earn our own keep. How hard he worked. Paul, all of us, in whatever it is that we're doing that is our vocation, that is our, our primary mission of our life, we're not alone. Sometimes we can forget. Sometimes we, often perhaps, we can feel alone. But we're not, and we know it. Second, perhaps most importantly, we look to the one himself who gives us this call. The one who summons us as he summoned the apostles from their boats and from their tax collector's booth. The one who gave us this mission that is our life. The one who hung upon the cross. The one who gave us that sign of ultimate humility. Humbled himself, taking the form of a slave. We, when we're feeling that desolation, when we're feeling that toil and that drudgery, we can bring it right to the cross. We as Christians, we don't have to sit in it and roll, roll around in the muck of life, but we say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. It hurts, and I'm bringing it to you because you're the only one that can do something with it. We don't have to be victimized by it, nor do we have to, to, have to advertise it like this is our be-all and end-all or ignore it like it's not important. No, these things are important. These feelings are important. We bring them to him. And then what? Well, sometimes we just have to be patient. Because we know the effects of living out this Christian life only when we, when we step back and see the big picture. The faithful married life, the hardworking teacher, the employee that's just been going through the drudgery day in and day out and seeing the big picture. That year of the half-priest story, there was a second grader in the parish that year. Cute little guy. Round face, kind of like Charlie Brown. His name was Legan. Fast forward 20 years. Last night, I was there at the concert at St. Mary's in Potsdam, the big choral concert. And who was I sitting next to? Father Legan Carlin. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened if I had gone off on the principal in front of the kids. Maybe you still would have been a priest. I don't know. But I do know in that moment of humility, in that moment where I bit my tongue, the grace of the Lord was there. Today, we celebrate National Vocations Awareness Week. And I got to tell you, at times, I feel like the church is ready to give up on vocations. It's just too hard. Married life is too hard. The generous single life is too hard. Confirmed bachelors, hookup society, ordained clergy, who would ever do that? Religious life, do we even have those anymore? Yeah, yeah, we do. We're not giving up on that. It, it is hard at times. Our world, it's very challenging. The church is very challenging at times. But we pray, we support, we encourage, why? Because the Lord says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And we know it's true. We see it day in and day out, lived out 
in our lives, lived out in the holy lives of those who have gone before us, those that we, we pray for and we honor, who lived their lives so well. In toil and trudgery, yes, but also with the peace of the Lord.